Hello? What? Who is booking this crap? The door is open. Come on in. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on episode two of The Booking Room. Dylan, what we saying, brother? Uh, well, it's been a busy week. Uh, the weeklies are out. The weeklies are done. It's Sunday. It's that time of the week where it's just time to deflate and, you know, restart because as of tomorrow... It's a wrestling week again. Yes, a lot of wrestling has been consumed this week. Um, I felt like I watched 50,000 hours, if I'm being honest. But uh, not like a bad that. week. Not that a bad week for wrestling. But it does no. feel like that after after a week because, you know, back in the day we grew up, we grew up in a time where it was Mondays and sometimes Tuesdays, sometimes Thursdays, sometimes Fridays because they've moved Smackdown around a bit. But, mm. you know, in recent years now, you've got your Mondays, your Tuesdays, your Wednesdays, your... Is Fridays. there something on a Thursday? Impact, NXT, impact brother. On a, impact. On uh, impact, impact. Yeah. If anyone watches that. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> we used to, or at least I used to. <laughs> you, used to. I used to. Uh, you got your Fridays. Yes, yeah, every day. Yeah. And if there's a yeah. pay-per-view on, it's on a Sunday. So it can be a whole week, some week. Um, yeah. yeah, but... This is us. Well, it is us, the booking room. Now, if those of you who are new to the booking room, on this show we discuss the weekly happenings in the weird, wonderful world of professional wrestling. We discuss the key events that happen on the show, such as Raw, SmackDown, anything WWE, anything AEW, and much, much more. We re we debate, we book, and re uh, <laughs> we re. <laughs> We debate, rebook uh, the current storylines in our hypothetical image. Not only that, we discuss the trending news that's happening in the world of professional wrestling. wrestling. So that was difficult. I tried to read that out, if anyone didn't know. Um, just yeah. still trying to get used to the uh, the old swinger things. <laughs> now, guys, on today's show, we're going to be discussing these key events. Brock Lesnar returning to Monday Night Raw in the final build with Cody Rhodes for SummerSlam. Very exciting. We're going to discuss a little bit about the Adam Cole MJF storyline, uh, the Don Callis Chris Jericho story, of course, SmackDown's Bloodline segments, um, Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, and Edge giving Grace and Waller the mighty rub. <laughs> Mate, the mighty what do you rub. think? What did you think? This week's uh, in a review as a whole. What did you think? Um, in every week with wrestling, it had its ups and it had its downs. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna say it was a bad week though. Uh, SmackDown was very actually. No, I'll start from the top. Monday was uh, was it was okay. It uh, it wasn't as fire out of the gate, um, but it was decent. You know, I had some good points. And then going on to Dynamite again, it was all right was entertaining but it again it weren't ground it weren't a groundbreaking episode it weren't a one a big big hits episode then uh smackdown didn't blow me away until the bloodline stuff later on um i did a, i did appreciate the uh, the edge Grayson grace and waller match i got some thoughts on grace and waller but we'll discuss that later uh yeah and then there was uh collision and to be fair rampage in between and stuff like again we had a good week it weren't it wasn't mm -hmm. that amazing it you know, coming from last week's Money in the Bank and, you know, all that, you know, the, the big stuff, it didn't deflate too much, but it did feel like a, a, a lower week. It felt like a rest week 
See, for me, like, I agree. At the start of the week, I thought, you know, it's going to be a, a bit of a lackluster week. I didn't think we'd have a lot of content to talk about. But it seemed like more as the shows went on, we had, like, there'd just been more and more content, more and more positive things that came out of the week as the week went on. Um, so, first of all, Monday Night Raw, first segment, uh, we get Cody come to the ring. Before he even speaks, we get the return of Brock Lesnar. His music hits, just comes out. the way they did that. Hot, hot and heavy. I, I was a big, big fan of that, you know. Same usual thing that happens with the Brock Lesnar segment, you know. He's not going to do a fat lot. But what we do get is usually gold. Um, decent brawl, believable brawl. You know, we're cooking there. We're on the road to SummerSlam for their final blow-off. Yeah, like, are you still into this feud, mate? Like, I, I, personally, I think the past two matches have been great. The chemistry has been great. You know, all their content uh, as far as story and action, I believe, has all been very fantastic. What are your thoughts on it? I think so. I still struggle a little bit sometimes to adjust to Cody being the guy now. Like, I love it. What do you mean? So, no, no, because I love it. And I'm so for Cody being the guy. But I remember Cody Rhodes before. I remember Cody Rhodes when he came in, when he had the feud of Hardcore Holly, when he tagged with Hardcore Holly and then split off and joined DBRC. I remember early Cody Rhodes. I remember Cody Mufasa, Rhodes. You know? Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> it's in the past. Now, what I'm saying, I remember. So when I see Cody Rhodes, I remember old Cody Rhodes. And I, I remember what, you know, I know where Brock is now. And in my head, when I yeah. see Cody versus Brock and they're having this big feud, I still think of, like, Cody as, like, you know, 10 years ago, Cody would have been 1F5 and never seen for, like, six months. You know what I mean? But now Cody's the man. Cody's, like, fighting Brock. He's up there with the Cena's and the Triple H's of He's... Brock's opponents. It's it's kind of fun to see. I love the way... Is that poster boy? I love the way he did the segment, mm -hmm. though, because I popped huge because I was expecting Cody versus Seth again. For the world heavyweight title i was like so up for it and i was proper like mm. built up to it and then when he gave it the old so what is everything i was like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was hyped as well man like I'm, as i said before like their their backlash in puerto rico match was outstanding uh night of champions was outstanding two really good finishes both of them look strong every single time but the only, like, the thing I would personally do now that I think I'd rebook for SummerSlam is I think that they have to do a match that's special. Um, and now I want to say something to you now, and I'll, I'll see if you agree or you disagree. But, um, you know, it's the blow-off, and I feel like they need to do something that's special and something that needs to stand out. So I think, you know, they need to do some sort of special stipulation that adds that little bit of extra flavor to the match. So I was thinking, if I could, if I had the book, if I had the pen, if you will, I would, I would put them because of how successful it's been in the last two times they've done it. I think they should do a fight pit because of Brock Lesnar's background, because of the UFC, because of he's got that real fight fighter feel about him. You know, like he's revered as this big fighter. The fight pit would be the place to go. And I feel like it would be the perfect blow-off match for this story. What do you think? I wouldn't go fight pit. I agree with you. It needs to be a gimmick match. It's got to be something to, to, to sort of blow this off. A singles, again, is going to be a bit, you know, I mean, the guy just got his arm broke by Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just 
You don't get your arm broke by someone and then go, okay, now I want to wrestle you within the rules and, and knock you down so I can get three count on you. Like, you don't do that. So, But for me, I'd go one of my favorite match types, last man standing. Last standing, not a bad or, shit. Or, oh, here's something, here's something. Boom, brain, mind. Uh, I'd bring back an old stipulation because Cody's always talking about wanting to bring back the older belts and this and that. Mm-hmm. I'd bring back an old stipulation. I'd go three stages of hell. <sighs> ah, maybe like first single, second submission, last no disqualification, maybe, mm, or, or a steel like cage. Or steel, a steel cage could cage be lowered or, a hell in a cell yeah. or something. Because we haven't had an cell in a cell this year or last year, because you know they've done the whole thing of trying to do away with the gimmick pay per views. Oh, there was there was one at WrestleMania, Edge and Finbar. Oh snap! Yeah, well, that match was so memorable. Yeah. Good for me, I remembered it. It, uh, no, to be honest, I actually really enjoyed it. It was good. But no, like, there are rumblings online, actually, of, um, I have seen people throwing out, like, um, because of Cody and Dusty, um, it to be a ball rope match, which I, I wouldn't... that match. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that idea, but take away the ball rope and make it a chain. Make it a chain match. So it can be bloody, so it could be physical. It's not going to be bloody. Um, the last two matches have been bloody. They weren't really bloody. Brock had a, had a, had a minor gash. A massive cut on his head that bled everywhere. Yeah, good one. Oh, they weren't mine again. <laughs> it weren't. It weren't Cody Rhodes in AEW level of blood, mate. It weren't. Well, no, because there's no razor blades involved. It weren't no 19 liters of blood, mate. <laughs> I, I think. I think what you've said there, though, I, I have to agree with you in the sense that if they do have a last man standing match, it's another one that Brock Lesnar could afford to lose because he's not pinned or submitted, so it would keep him strong. So I'm going to go with you on this one. I'm going to say last man standing match. Um, I think that's it makes the most sense to keep Brock strong for WrestleMania season. And there's a way to play it so you keep Brock strong, right? The same way they've done in the past with these kind of matches. You have Cody use his smarts to keep Brock down, whether it's like Roman did, you know, trapping him under the table and all the furniture, or it's handcuff him to, to the lower ropes so he can't get to his full feet. You know what I mean? You don't have to have Cody... Be so strong, he's knocked Brock Lesnar out. This, you know, this beast, this monster. You could have Cody be smart, and he's hit him with like three crossroads, and Brock's not staying down. So he, you know, duct tapes him to the to the bottom rope, or handcuffs him to to the post, or something. So you still keep Brock strong. He, he never got knocked out, but he couldn't get up for the count. I like it. I like it because you've outsmarted. You've made the babyface clever, and you kind of humiliate the heel. Um, leaving him embarrassed, which I quite like, which, you know, it gives him more frustration, more anger for his return. You know, maybe keep him off to the Royal Rumble season, have him come in and have a really good Royal Rumble showing to set up, you know, like a Gunther Lesnar next year's WrestleMania, maybe. Something like that, you know, something some good to build the next star. Um, yeah, apart from that, though, mate, who do you think goes over at SummerSlam? Has to be Cody, right? Has to be Cody in Cody's build back to the, you know, the finishing of the story. Um, but I don't think, again, if, if they go last man standing or something like that, I don't think it hurts Cody to lose to a real legitimate Brock Lesnar um, in a fight. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. Um, switching things up a little bit now, we're going to move over to a little bit of All Elite Wrestling. You know, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the the MJF Adam Cole story. <laughs> My guy, Adam Cole. Um very, very different approach from AEW this week. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, it's usually a wrestling heavy product, you know. Um, there's that style that's, you know, synonymous with AEW, the in-ring work rate and the longer matches, you know, the more athletic ability. But, you know, when you see MJF, like, he always has, like, a different approach. And this week was very interesting to me because it was very sports entertainment. And what, what I mean by that is their, their in-ring promo with the cake where he pushed his head in the cake. It, it felt very it felt very Vince McMahon, you know, because he loves food. He loves, you know, um, feces. He loves people having food fights. You know, it's a very Vince McMahon approach. And I find it quite interesting um, because I feel like AEW need this kind of entertainment on their show for the casual viewer. You know, you're only going to, if all this work rate and all these long wrestling matches are only going to go so far. And I feel like this is good entertainment for the casual viewer. Um, and as far as their story goes, I like it. I like the fact that they've had this device where they've been forced to team together. But, you know, I love the, the whole Odd Fellows tag team thing to create conflict. But my only problem with this is they've got a blind eliminator tournament where each of these matches has the same story. These odd fellows, it odds. So it kind of overshadows the world title picture. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you agree? A little bit. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, their, their tag match, it, I had me in stitches in the opening when, uh, <laughs> when MJF was doing Adam Cole's entrance. <laughs> I couldn't help it. That was so funny. <laughs> Uh, he was yeah. acting as like Roderick Strong. It was so funny, man. It was not. It was more to me. It was more Damien Mizdow. He was doing the whole thing. He came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He was doing the thing, and he hit the boom. I got that. I was, I was <laughs> dying. Um, and then the match weren't bad itself, you know. So, yes, it was. It was. I don't know. It was. It's for me. It's entertaining. It is like you're saying though. With their feud at the moment, I'm seeing it be less pro wrestling and more sports entertainment. But that's not a bad thing. Because AEW does like a lot of wrestling all the time. So sometimes yeah. it's good to sprinkle a little bit of sports entertainment in over the top. Oh, I like it. And that's why I think I enjoyed AEW when it first started. Because, yeah, we're not nearly four or five years in now. But when it first started, it felt like a variety show. It felt like there was something like, for everybody. And they kind of lost that. And it became wrestling heavy for the longest time. Mm. And I feel like... They're going more down an entertainment route on certain segments now, which I think is better for everyone. Like, you know, as much as we love wrestling and we love, we love the in-ring product, I feel we all subconsciously are more attracted to the entertainment side and the stories. Um, what I could see coming out of this is I feel like because there's small little subtext things going on with Roderick Strong, I feel like Roddy Strong needs to turn on Adam Cole and get um, join with MJF to give Roderick Strong that little bit of uh, more street cred in all elite wrestling. Um, because the you know Roddy keeps coming in, he keeps coming in and out, he keeps coming in and out. I feel like Roddy needs to go with MJF. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know what I would like to see in AEW, and you're probably going to say, "Oh, you know, you can't replay the same things." Me, me, me. But. I would like to see Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Adam Cole get back together. Well, just you massive on this feud, Aramar. 
You love it. You fucking <laughs> love it. Black and gold, brother. Black Those and are the gold. guys, man. <laughs> That's what I want, though. Like, go undisputed era, man. Give Adam Cole the belt. Get give the boys the belt, and just have them have them run for a bit. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. But I don't see why we can't go 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 with the era again. Um, no. I don't. I don't. I'll be honest. It's the same thing we sort of spoke about last week with uh, Jack Perry. You know, Roderick Strong's on my list of guys who's uh, fairly boring. Um, yes. Performer. Yes. Uh, mm. So. You know, well, no, take like he's he's not a boring professional wrestler. He's absolutely fantastic no, no, as a professional wrestler. Ring. Great as a wrestler, I'm talking. I, I've never in between really character stuff. Yeah, his character yeah. is really just, you know, vanilla. Yeah, like yeah. So it's a shame because he's great. I don't want to see him be. You know, I don't want to see him strive out on his own because he'll just get swept under the rug. You know what I mean? And I, I like it. I like him as a person, as a wrestler, but. Just, he just doesn't entertain me like that. So don't give him his own thing. Don't turn him on Adam and then try and make him, you know, a, a guy and, and put him in. No, man, just don't do it. It's boring. He's no, but Dalek, if he gets the no, if he gets the rub off MJF though, this is what I'm saying. It gives him that little bit of character edge to be aligned with the world champion. It gives him more of a spotlight. So it would like aligning him with someone like that would only be good for him. No, but it it wouldn't it. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Depends. It all again. This is all story. It all depends on story. No matter who the wrestler is, no matter who the character is, everything depends on story. If the story's not there, it could go bad. If they align him with MJF for this feud, and then this feud ends, then what happens next? Does he continue to be aligned with MJF for the rest of the year? Does MJF turn on him Mm -hmm. or just be like, I don't need you? Or is this one of them wrestling things where we've seen it a million times before, where he's aligned with MJF? The feud ends. Then, as soon as the feud's over, MJF comes out on his own, and everyone thinks for a week, "Where's Roderick Strong? He's supposed to be MJF's bodyguard or friend or tag partner or whatever." And then we just never see him. And it was like, "Oh yeah, we this... just use that as a story device. He's, he's gone now." And then we just see him on Ring of Honor as himself again for no reason. But hear me out here. This is what like, this is what it could be for because you know we've had Adam Cole flirt with the title picture for the longest time, and Adam Cole is perceived as the top guy. Um, from that group of talent, from the Undisputed Era, from that group of talent, he's always the front centre man. Mm. Now, that story writes itself with Roddy Strong always being in the background to Adam Cole. So you have that organic story there. But this this could be a device for that story. So we, we've kept Adam Cole flirting with the main event, you know. So people perceive Adam Cole as this top guy. But if you have the subtext of Roderick Strong's jealousy... That's the story that comes out of this feud. You've kept Adam Cole in the main event. He's flirted with the title, but not now. That's for down the road. We take him back and we build Roderick Strong through Adam Cole. And then you can ha- you can afford to have Roddy Strong be Adam Cole down the line because then that's you know that this is this is wrestling like this is what we do. This is this is about making people. So Adam Cole is there to bring Roderick Strong up to his level further down the line. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. We'll come I, back. We'll nah, see. We'll your see. Stories, you are right. The story is there. But I don't know. I just I don't know. Because, again, then you're talking about making Roderick Strong like a singles guy. I just don't see it. You know he I mean? needs like, his attention. But he needs it. But, but then what? Like He has his feud with Adam Cole. 
I can guarantee it. Well, I can almost pretty much perceive it. It's not going to go lead to him being the, the next main event guy. He's just going to have a feud of Adam Cole, and then he's going to go back to ROH and maybe be the pure champ, or he's maybe going to be the TNT champ for a bit. And like, I, it's just going to fade into obscurity. For, and the, the feud really did nothing for him. Whereas if you throw him back in with Adam Cole, and you you know throw the other guys in, and you get the undisputed era back, you know you could have those guys take over ROH. You could have those guys be that be the front men for for Dynamite. You could have those guys be the front men for uh, you know. You are you are on the undisputed era's cock. But maybe he goes back to Ring of Honor as a top guy. Who knows? But you it's wrestling. You have to experiment with these things. You have to try and build people. Else, what's the you point? Have to, you don't have to do it. Let me... You have to do it. Right, let me let me transition. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> Just transition now. I just want to quickly gloss over this um, Chris Jericho, Don Callis segment. And I know you, I know you missed this a little bit. I did, yeah. You know, quick summary: the Don Callis they they used real elements again in a story, which I was really happy about. You know, the fact that Don Call- Don Callis made the call to Chris Jericho to come to New Japan to fight Kenny, and that set the ball in motion for Jericho going to New Japan, which spawned Jericho getting into you know all elite wrestling to start in the company up, and they played off that, and they played off Chris Jericho getting Don Callis back into wrestling. So they showed that real unity on screen, um, which I'm a big fan of bringing stories from the backstage into the ring. It makes it organic, especially in this day and age. Um, And Don Callis said, basically in a nutshell, will you join my family? You know, and we're in Canada, Jericho's getting popped. So I feel like we're moving more into a babyface direction with Chris Jericho. So what I think they should do now is... Keep teasing, flirting with Jericho because Don Callis said, yeah, you wanted to, will you join the family? And Jericho ended it with one word, maybe, and just left. So they're flirting with Chris Jericho, being with a family, being a baby face. I feel like now that we need to keep building for Chris Jericho to be a baby face and then Don Callis' family destroy him and then we we give Chris Jericho a break for like four months. I feel like Jericho needs to have a break before he comes back as a babyface. A babyface Jericho in AEW could be great. He's done great work as a heel the past few years. He's really helped push some of the younger babyfaces. Maybe now it's time for him to give some of the younger heels a rub. But, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm torn with this one. Because I'm at a stage where, do I want to see Jericho in another faction? He's been in like 96 of them since he's joined AEW. Mm. Mostly created them. You know, you started mm. with the inner circle. You got the Jericho Appreciation Society. You know, it's do we now need him to join the family? And then what? And then join the Elite. I think... And then join the Golden Lovers. And then join, you know, Chaos. And then join, you know, the United Empire. Oh, oh man. The only, the only faction in AEW now should be the Blackpool Combat Club. Especially... When the black when the BCC and Elite feud is finished at Blood and Guts, the Elite the Elite need a break. Like like it's boring now to me. The, the seeing the Elite, Kenny and the Bucks together being this branded as the Elite, it's how <laughs> how how many times it's just it's it's just same same now. And I feel like that's why 
there's this thirst for extra entertainment on the show because we're getting the same six-man tag matches. We're getting the same matches. We need more entertainment. Let's just have one faction in the BCC whose purpose it is to seek out the best competition and just beat people up. Have them build them as the sole faction that just kill people and have the baby faces rise from underneath just trying to battle the BCC. Sick of too many factions, mate. I'm absolutely yeah, sick of too AW many factions. Too many, too many factions. Um, so you're telling me you don't like what you you bored of the elite? You bored of you bored of too sweet in me, bro. You're not gonna too I'm sweet me, bro. <laughs> I find like the elite. Yeah, I'm I'm really into Bullet Club Gold. Like I wasn't. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out and say. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go out and say. I was not the biggest Jay White fan. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't get it, but his character works with Juice, and Juice is phenomenal. He's come into his own so much. Like I enjoy his work, his character work so much. He's such a good, like unpredictable character now. Like he makes the group for me. And you know, because he's entertaining, he's good in the ring, he's solid. Like I'm interested to see where the Bullet Club gold goes. I am. You know, Jay White's warming on me. Like, he's not amazing to me yet, but he's warming on me because he's getting that character up. I was always into Jay White, but from a from an outside kind of perspective to, to you there, I never really got him as a character. Like, I never really understood it. Like, what, you know, I get he was just kind of just a normal guy doing, doing stuff. And that was kind of really how it felt. But I always loved his in-ring work. He's in amazing shape. Um, he's always to me. He's always been in the in the in the category that I'd put him in as as a champion. You would, you know, he's so he's someone. He's, he works. He works good. He works hard. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I just I, on the same breath that you don't get Jay White, I don't get Juice Robinson. Wow. I, I just don't. Wow. I've never been. I've never been into him. Uh, when he you know when he was C J Parker in the in the E. Uh, and then when he left and he strived for his own um, and ended up in Japan, I just, just don't get it. He's just... You'd leave. You'd leave Juice Robinson alone. You hear me? You'd I leave him alone. You can, have any, you can have anyone. You don't have Juice Robinson. He's, you don't slag him off. Not on my watch. <laughs> I'm not slagging him off. I just don't get it. He doesn't entertain me. Like, he's promos. He's, he's Yeah, he's had good matches and I have been entertained by his matches, but I just... He doesn't, he's not got the wow factor for me. But, you know, you and me have different views on wrestlers and, and who we enjoy and who we don't enjoy. I mean, you know, you don't like John Morrison. And I love John Morrison. Love John Morrison from day one. Um, so, you know, there's a whole, there's that whole bracket there. But, yeah, Juice is just a guy I don't get. And this is the thing with wrestling, right? Wrestling is like, is an art. And art is perceived by the viewer. Whoever's viewing it, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You see what you want to see. No one sees the same stuff. Well, most people don't see the same stuff. So, you know, you see something, Juice Robinson. I don't. Well, we'll agree to disagree. We'll disagree to right. agree to disagree. Boom. Welcome back to the booking room. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for staying with us, guys. Now, Dylan, now then, I want to talk bloodline for a second. I'll talk bloodline. We the ones. Now, Roman Reigns is literally creating a showreel for Hollywood. Yes, 100%. Did you see him cry on cue? 
Bro? Roman, Roman. I heard rumors before this bloodline stuff happened. Um, like I'm talking like 2018, 27, 2019 times. I heard rumors Roman was was get had an acting coach, and if if those rumors are true, I can see it because he bro, is bro, on. He is on a different level. We we were talking on the first episode about marquee talent. This I got goosebumps literally, like. I got, I was starting to think, okay, the, the bloodline story is going to start watering down. And then, holy shit, money in the bank happens. And then SmackDown happens. I was like, I thought what we booked was a good SmackDown. Yeah. But this, my hat is off. Like, Madison Square Garden sold out. Madison Square Garden, and you think to yourself, what has sold out Madison Square Garden? It's this fucking bloodline story, man. It's high end. Great. Like you want to talk, you want to talk about the first segment. I couldn't, like you know, yeah. The Usos came out, crowd happy. Heyman comes out with Solo. Solo has got such good subtext at the moment. You know, they come out. You know, Heyman starts to speak. No one cuts me off on the microphone. Solo grabs the mic. He takes it. The crowd starts to chant solo. Solo, solo. And then he just gets the mic, drops it out the ring, and looks to the Tron. And then Roman's music plays. Ah! Oh, I was like, here we go. Here we go. And then, this is when the acting starts. Like... You know, they said Roman is a master manipulator. And the video package that the USO showed showed all these manipulating this, like this manipulating his attitude problem from Roman, you know, all his wrongs doing behind their backs. And then Roman, the second the package finishes, starts to manipulate the whole situation again. Yeah. My daughter's. My daughter's in the back. You're embarrassing me in front of my daughter. Is that what you're trying to do? And I was like, he's hitting nerves, bro. And then like, oh, and then he starts crying. I did this for you. I did this for you. But mate, did you did you clock this? When he looked at Jay and he said, I did this for you. The subtext from Jimmy which got my brain working a whole different route that they could take this down. Like Jimmy was like, looked at Roman and then he looked at Jesus is like, fuck this, this motherfucker getting the limelight again. It's all about yeah, Jay. We spoke. What did we speak about? What did we speak about? Jimmy and Jay doing the part ways could lead to Jimmy turning on Jay. I, I feel, I, I feel this, that that's our WrestleMania match. It's Jimmy versus Jay. That would be good. And then you separate them after and you put one on Raw, one on SmackDown mm. and you, you let them sink or swim. I think Jay will I think Jay will swim a mile. But I, I do think mm. Jimmy's got a, got a shelf life. I just don't think he's the, the more entertaining out of the two brothers. He's work, he works great. His mic yeah. skills are great. But I just don't think the crowd are behind him as much as they are his brother. And yeah, but the stuff with Roman, but it was always there. Bro, he's acting since he's done this uh, Bloodline get feud has just been top tier. Like, I'll never forget, one of my favourite Roman matches for the inter- for the past couple of years, but it's Bloodline stuff, was the Hell in a Cell, Roman versus Jay. Yeah? Yeah, It's yeah. when, like, 
oh man, it's when he's like crying and he's breaking down in the ring and like, he's like, what have I done? And I felt it. I was there. I felt it like, oh, it, was, man. it was Revenge of the Sith. It was then, Revenge of the Sith. It was Anakin. And then what he have I done? And him in the thing. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my God. And it was, it was Revenge of the Sith. What have mm. I done? What have like, I done? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it, that's what I'm saying. It was so there. And this thing, man, this segment, he gets on his, he gives him the, uh, I forget what they call him. The, uh, it's the, 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 uh, the tribal neck dress thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. To, 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 to Jay, you know, and he gets down on his knees. And literally we go back to the that, low blow. Bro, when he We did spoke that, about this last week. We yeah. spoke about this last week, how good that little detail was, and they reverted back to it. And like, oh my God. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, I'm just too excited. No, but it's, you were right. It, it, was, it was that low blow moment. Because, and it was the way it happened, the way, like, he had me for a second. Like, he legit had me. I was on the edge of my seat, mm. and he was crying, and he was down on his knees. And I thought, wow, is this how we're going to go with the story now? Is Roman literally now, are we going to do what me and you spoke about, about him doing the pack situation, where he's, you know, disheveled, and he's a shell of his old self. You know what I mean? And he's sort of slumped into this Uso's bloodline. And then, blah, with a low blow. Oh, I was like, man, it needed to happen. It and needed to go when, when, when Jay, like, Jay had, like, an angry, like, defeated face. But when Roman started to cry and dropped to his knee, and then when he started to cry, Jay, you saw Jay switch and drop them with him. I was like, this, the emotional heartstrings that they're putting on this, I don't think there's there's been such a deep-rooted storyline ever in wrestling. Yeah. I, I feel like this storyline is the... Whoever's writing this, it's fucking genius. It's, it's drama. genius. That's, that's what I'm liking. It's drama. And like, it's real we didn't even drama. stop... We didn't even stop there. Like, you know, the beatdown of Jimmy. We took Jimmy out while Jay watches. And then, like, fast forward through the night, Jay comes back. It was just exciting, compelling television. But we keep doing this. And this is another thing for J J Jimmy to turn on Jay with. Because we keep doing this. Back in, back, you know, back during COVID, when, when the Roman-Jay stuff started, Roman kept sidelining Jay. Kept sidelining Jimmy. Like, we kept using Jimmy as, as a prop to make Jay fire up. Like, they highlighted that in the package. Did you notice that in the video package that they kept saying like, oh, Jimmy, and he's like, I'm not Jimmy. There's little things that they keep throwing out there that there was no need to show that backstage promo when Roman calls Jay Jimmy. Yeah. And I feel like that's a very important little little nugget that they're going to come back to. So uh, I coming out of this, let's just, go to, let's just go to the end of SmackDown now is like, you know, there's so much to this episode. So, like, Jay returns, you know, he fires up House of Fire. Boom, boom, boom. We see him. He picks up the belt. He looks fucking good with that belt. Uh, you know? Like, he looks good with a belt. That belt. I hate that belt. <laughs> I, will not, I will not agree. <laughs> but then, after we saw that, the, everyone was hot for it. You know, Roman, show, he's got that fear in his eyes. You know, that Jay's beat him once. He's almost beat him before. Yeah. Now, it, it's like... The thing at the end, we'll come back to the Jay, Jay and Jimmy future in a second. But when all that that little bit was done, Solo picks up the the flowers and he looks at them, and it's just like 
Solo has started to get this this little bit of attention now where the crowd are rumbling behind him. And I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> I think it's lot. good. I think the solo stuff at the moment is good. I think he's getting a lot. The fans are getting behind him a lot. and I'm enjoying it. But I'm going to be the honest. Backstory. It's the same thing that Cody said to him in a promo before Mania. I think it's a bit too early for Solo. I don't want to see them push him too early. No. Send him out of his Because they did it, bro. This is the one thing, right? Roman, they did it to Roman, right? The fans got behind him. That rumble when it when Batista won. You know, the fans were behind Roman. Huge. Like, you know, obviously, Brian was at the top. Roman was they were behind below. Roman. They were behind Roman. Everyone wanted to see Roman they were not. in the shield. I don't know what, what oh, shit. you were yeah. living. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, they were. I'm on about, yeah, ignore me. Yeah, carry they on. Were, they were behind Roman. And then when we pulled the trigger on Roman and he won the Rumble, <gasps> suddenly everyone, it was too soon. It was too soon. You can't do it. I don't like him. Boo, Roman. Boo, you're making him the guy. We don't want him to be the guy. Like, and that's what I'm worried about with Solo. Everyone's monstering behind Solo right now. They want to see Solo split from Roman. Then what happens? What? Solo splits in a few months' time becomes IC or United States champion, then it's, oh, you're pushing him too soon because he's an Anawahi, you're going to make him the top guy. We want to see LA Knight as the top guy. Like, because whenever there's someone above someone, it happens in wrestling time after time. When there's someone like, let's put Daniel Bryan and Roman again, everyone wanted Bryan to succeed. Roman then was the one who was given that opportunity and Roman, Roman paid the backlash for it. It's going to happen again. Everyone's behind LA Knight at the moment. And then... You've got to look at it, give it, you've got to look at it like this. And everyone's going to tear him apart. You've got to look at it like this. You've got to see it like, imagine this was three years ago and what they did with Jimmy and Jay. All we're doing now is creating backstory. We're creating backstory for Solo. So in a couple of years' time, we've got this, this to go back on. Always think we've got. We've, it's like it's like any TV show. You've got to plant the seeds for the for the for the backstory, you know. And I feel like going from here, this is what I I could see happening, is. When we, I feel when, it, Jay, obviously, I don't think, I would be very, very shocked if Jay went over at SummerSlam. I don't think it'll happen. If Jay won and the I, belt. I right. don't, or if he won the belt, you know, I see them doing it how they did it with Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, is Jay will have his moment, and then on his first defence or second defence, Jimmy will fuck him. He'll fuck him and cost him the title, and then I feel like the bloodline will own the Royal Rumble match. I feel like because Roman is lining all these people up in the bloodline to be top guys, and you know you got you know main event Jey Uso, Jimmy wants to be on his level, Solo coming into his own. I feel like the Royal Rumble will be a storyline for the bloodline, um, and it's like Roman will be like, okay, you all think you're top guys. One of you go and win the Rumble. And that will be a heavy story in leading into the Royal Rumble, which will advance the Bloodline story to that next level to put them more in a main event picture that doesn't involve Roman. But it does involve Roman, but from afar. And then, you know, it's it creates, it creates so many different avenues that we could, go, we could go down. You know what, yeah? I'm not going to lie thinking about it as you were saying that in my head I was I was imagining things if SummerSlam Roman beats Jay I wouldn't be opposed to something like that happening in which Roman you know we, we build this story over time we slowly see cracks between the Usos 
we get to rumble season and Roman says, you guys want to be me so badly. You want to be the head of the table, da, da, da. you know, win the rumble. You know what I mean? Go, like, you know, let's do it. Let's do it at WrestleMania. If you win the rumble, Jay, I think Jay winning the rumble, I'd be behind. I think Jay and you Roman see, main event in the, you can uh, see him saying it. You can see Roman saying it. You want to be a main event guy? Win the Rumble and face me at WrestleMania. But then you want the main event? It's the issue, right? It's, it, this is where I'm at with it. Yeah, like as much as I'd love to see Jay win the Rumble and face Roman at the main event at WrestleMania because his main event Jay Uso, he the ones, we the ones. Yeah, I genuinely, I don't know, man. There's so much happening in WWE at the moment. Like I want Cody to finish the story, but if Jay wins the Rumble, if Jay main it, when does Cody finish the story? You know what I mean? I don't, think, I I don't, don't want Cody to finish the story at a backlash. I don't want Cody to finish the mm. story at, at a Great Balls of Fire or something stupid. Mm. Like, Cody has to beat Roman. Cody has to be WWE champion. He has to beat Roman. That's, to that's, where, that's where we're going to go. That will be the match. That will be the title match at WrestleMania. It has to be. That's the only way we can finish the know, Cody story. If, you do, if you're doing this stuff with the bloodline now, it's so compelling and it's so strong. Like the Sami Zayn stuff. But, you could culminate the bloodline story at Mania, which is what's but annoying then, because then there's so much going on. But then also, I'd like to see LA Knight win the Rumble. Could I could, could I pitch this to you? We'll come back to LA Knight. Can I can I pitch this to you? Okay, so if you have if if for some reason that Jay does win, and then Jimmy fucks him, we build to either Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania, or you have a bloodline triple threat match. So you have Jimmy. Versus Jay versus Solo in a triple threat at WrestleMania. That could be decent. Or, or if you continue to push, if you have this feud with Jimmy and Jay early, if it's, if it's premature, you could have their blow off before the Royal Rumble. And then you have main event Jay Uso win the Royal Rumble. And then maybe face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania on Raw. Mm. You know? I don't know. There's so many ways you could go with it. Nah, I think. Well, I do, I, I do, I do see Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania or a bloodline triple threat match at WrestleMania between the Jimmy three versus, brothers. If we don't get a Jimmy versus Jay at Mania, I don't know. For me, the, the next Mania progression for this, or the next, the end, if they wanted to end the bloodline stuff completely, like close that chapter completely, I do think it has to be Jay versus Roman for the belt at Mania. Whether it's a Rumble win or something, but it needs to be that. But then again, then Cody needs to, to win. But this is the issue with having these, like Roman having three belts. This, this is the We're problem. Like, We're booking ourselves into a corner, guys. We are. Like, we are and so are they because you've given, like, Roman needs to lose the belts. Like, it needs to happen. And it's it's annoying because I don't know. It needs to be. The, bro, I was so for, like, until Monday. No, Monday, bloody hell. Brains for fart. Um, until Friday. I was so for Cody being the one to take the belt. But now I'm behind Jay, you know. I this think this is a good thing it. though. It's unpredictable and I love it. I love the fact I love the fact that you can't call it. And like that's what's been boring about wrestling for the longest time, that you could pretty much call everything that was gonna happen. This is too unpredictable and I love it and you have to watch it. You have to watch it. You have to, you have to watch. Um but yeah. You know, we're gonna we'll just keep enjoying it every week and just see what happens, man. See like, who knows? From here, man. But I'm excited for it. Um, I've, got, I've got plenty of time for the bloodline story, man. It's 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 compelling, and I don't see it getting 
Um, maybe like maybe Jimmy Day Jay don't split up, but you know it's there's other there's other layers to this. What I, I don't think we'll see coming. Yeah. But yeah, like as it was speaking of SmackDown, there's one more thing I want to cover, and that is that what does the office see in Grace and Waller, and what do you see in the future for Grace and Waller? All right, because Edge Edge put him over like a mother this week. Let me let me open this with something simple. Well. I'm not a huge Grayson Waller fan. I, I think he's okay. I, I can see what they see in him. I can see that he has potential, in my opinion. And this is probably going to garner some people to, to have some conflicting opinions. Um, I see him being the next Miz. I, I see it. But... I shit you. That's in my notes. I shit you not. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. Can, can continue. My issue with Grayson Waller, and I said this in last week's episode, I'm pretty sure I said it in last week's episode, or I said it before we started filming, but I did say it last week. <laughs> it's the Dolph Ziggler bit. It's the gear, man. Some people in wrestling, right? Like, you and me wrestled. You know, there were people on the indies that had bad gear. Oh, at that point, I had bad gear. You know what I mean? I had like, bad gear towards the end. Like, the issue is the gear, man. I don't like this. these gloves. And this, 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 what the heck? These basketball shorts or boxing shorts? Like... These train, I don't, I don't like the gear. I will not get behind him with the bad gear, man. And I don't think the office should. The office needs to change his gear. And I don't know if trunks are in his future. You know, he's he's not got the the the, the best body shape. He's got a bit of a, a wide torso. But I don't know. I just, I can't get behind him because I can't get behind the gear. I think it looks different. I think when you when you talk about being the next Miz. I, I do see that. I see him as like mid-card, moving up to main card and always being that reliable guy in the future that people can work with to um, yeah. get elevated or, you know, which is perfect what the Miz does. Miz, can, Miz does business with absolutely everybody. Like You can't say that about the Miz. Is he stale? Yeah. But he's a constant no, that will always make someone... I Miz stale. I think the Miz is so underrated and this is what I'm saying about causing controversy. A lot of people give the Miz shit but I think the Miz is so, so, so good. He's a, oh, he's, great, he's a great hand. He is, yes, he doesn't wrestle this crazy style and he gets injured every five minutes and stuff. But the Miz is great even on, on the mic, in the ring. Like, he's a, he's a great talent to have. The Miz is. is someone who really, he doesn't get enough credit, man. That guy, is, he does, he works fucking hard, man. He's He'll, he'll be one of those really people, good. he'll be one of those people that doesn't get the credit till he's gone. Mm. Same with Sheamus. Um, no, you know, I, these I, I are like... oh my god, what's the matter with you, mate? <laughs> Bro, I've just you know what, yeah, I've just the, the, the WWE has they've, in my opinion, they've killed the Sheamus for me, like that... the, sh- the Sheamus, yes, <laughs> the Sheamus. <laughs> uh, no, they've killed Sheamus. The Sheamus. It was it's all the baby face thing with Sheamus. I don't like Sheamus as a baby face, I just don't, I just don't. Um, his stuff recently has a bit been a bit more organic than his older babyface work, um, but I just I just don't get I just don't feel it when Sheamus is a babyface. I just I don't know like I'm not saying he's not a nice human being or a nice person or anything like that. I just when Sheamus is a babyface, I don't feel like it's legit. Like I, I just feel like he's putting on a character on a TV show. But when Sheamus is is the monster heel that he's been in the past, like I love it. Like Sheamus when he feuded with Triple H that time. And he just came out and he just battered Triple H and just injured Triple H. You know what I mean? Like, and they had that whole mania thing. And then Triple H returned and just completely wiped him out. You know what I mean? Like, mm. 
when Sheamus was a heel, he was doing this thing when he was a heel, and I loved it, right? I genuinely loved it as a kid watching it, where he was facing guys like Evan Bourne and Kofi Kingston and stuff, and he was, like, just monstering out the gate. Then he would do this move against the rope where he was just dropping the knee on the back of their head until they were, like, lifeless. And he was doing it week after week, and it was just really good at a time when they needed a monster heel. But You enjoy his aggression as a yeah, heel. Yeah, I do. I really – I feel like, – like I said, when, I, when he's a heel, I really feel it with Sheamus. But when he's a babyface, I just don't feel it. Don't feel it. I get nothing from him. I can't connect with him. I can't enjoy him. He's just, yeah. And then when he's a heel, but he's angry, like recently, how he's been, you know, with um, with Austin Theory and stuff. And I just, I just don't. I, it, it feels fake to me, which is odd. Like I watch him yell at a guy and be like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna beat you up. And I'm just like, Oh, are you, mate? Are you? Okay. All right. Very nice. Oh, good. That's good, mate. You spent nearly five minutes there bashing Seamus. So I apologise, Seamus. I do, but I just don't know what it is, mate. I can't get behind you when you're a babyface. I can't do it. In and that's your opinion, and that's allowed. It is. That's allowed, mate. That's the good him, thing though. about. I have got huge respect for him. Like you know, I use him in the video games, but I always have him as a heel and a monster heel because I just don't get behind him as a babyface. Kneeing people's heads. Um, but yeah. Um, Fantastic week for the world of professional wrestling. I um, had a really, really nice time catching up with everything this week. Um, as for the bloodline stuff, can't wait. Feed me more, in the words of Ryback. Um, I'm going to stop yeah, you here like... quickly because I, I, I feel like you're veering towards the close of the show. Okay. But there was something on our, on our list that we didn't discuss. We said at the start we were going to discuss and you've completely skipped it. And I saw you skip it on your format sheet and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till we're, we're recording this because... This is funny. You forgot CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Oh, that wasn't intentional. Because, okay, let's go into CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. You know, timeless, mate. Like, two, they just prove why they're two of the best, like, in-ring talents of all time. You know, was it as fast and as explosive as 20 years ago? No, it wasn't. But, Still an outstanding, outstanding performance by both. And I loved the finish as well when they shook hands and then Joe got his heat back and choked him out after the match. I thought Punk looked good. I'm glad he's not wearing the long boy tights anymore. Just good. Just a really, really good match. What people should go out of their way to see. I feel like he's a really, really good match. There's only one thing that's annoyed me with Punk since his return. It's the gear change, man. Again, this is me with the... This is gear. me He's obsessed. I am a gear mark, obsessed mate. with the gear. People have, always, to have good gear. has to fit their every, character. That's three talent you've spoke about on this show where you're just moaning about the and you're gear. Gonna, mate, so as long as you're doing this podcast you're always, and as long as we're going to be mates, you're always going to hear me complain about people's gear. Some people look better in certain gear. Some people don't. It's just life. It's like how some people look better in skinny jeans and some people look better in tracksuit bottoms. Some people look better in dresses. Some people look better in hats. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a thing. Some people look better with glasses. Some people don't. You know what I mean? It's just a thing. People have a look about them. And for donkey's years, you know, yes, Punk wrestled in the shorts back in ROH days and indie days. But I got so used to Punk in the, in the, in the, in the trunks. And when he, you know, when he wears trunks in AW, it still really suits him. He looks great. And then when he wears these shorts, I just feel like he's arriving to the show and he hasn't packed any gear and he just goes into like somewhere and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll buy them. He goes hot topic and he goes, oh, I'll grab them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when he came back, the brown elbow pad with the 
with the fucking long boys. Like, oh, well, that was that was rotten. I don't like. No one, no one cares about this gear more than you. I care <laughs> about gear, man. You have to, bro. The whole thing with wrestling, right? And it's the same thing we talked about years ago, like with like people being in shape and stuff, right? You know, the whole point of wrestling is you you are your own marketing material. You are selling yourself. You want people to get behind you. You want you want to one look like a believable star. You two want to look good that you know you're on TV regularly. You don't want to look like you know you make no effort in life unless you can back it up and you know you can have like 90 minute Iron Man matches. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, you've got to look presentable. It's the same thing with any job, mate. If you work in an office based job and your you know your company's attire is suit and tie, you don't not iron your suit and you come in with a creased shirt and you know you look a mess. Same thing with wrestling. Your whole thing is you're presenting yourself. So when you come out to have your match, you should have gear that looks good and just doesn't look like you just grabbed it from the merch stand 20 minutes before because you, you lost your suitcase at the airport. You know what I mean? That does happen. That's a legitimate thing. But when you're doing it weekly, it's a bit annoying. Yeah. Also, I understand your frustration, for, mate. It's hard for the marketing people as well. You know what I mean? Like they got to make action figures for CM Punk. You know what I mean? And... It must be frustrating because Punk's had like 900 attire changes at this point. You don't. The funny, the funny thing is, you don't realize that's why he does it. What to piss people off after make his action? No, no, because the more gear changes he has, the more figures he has, and the more money he makes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think you're giving him more credit than he deserves here. But you know, CM Punk, if you listen to it's this a... podcast by some magic, and that that is actually what you're doing, please tweet us because I'd be interested. I'd be interested to know why you change gear every 36 seconds. You know, because that's another thing, right? He made the joke back in, you know, when he did the pipe bomb thing with John Cena about how John Cena changes shirt every week, and it's just funny to now see Punk's now the guy who changes gear every week. So it is. And hilarious. And he gets the tremendous John Cena reaction, so it comes full circle. Yeah. Before we close this off, oh. I just want to say one last thing on the, the CM Punk and Samoa Joe thing. Oh. Punk's promo before, I thought was great. I yes. Think it was really good. Very, very good. I agree. And like, if you if you felt like you agree as well, or you'd like, you know, always comment like subscribe and more, most importantly leave your comments like you know because we want to engage on this show so if you agree with what we said today if you disagree with what we said today we'd love to hear what you got to say regardless you know let's engage let's talk about wrestling but you know it's time to close the door once again dylan on the booking room podcast um yeah thanks for joining us everyone and we appreciate you watching last week um we got some really really good reception from our first episode you know, I, I for one was nervous going into it. Uh, I haven't been in front of a camera in such a long time. Um, so we appreciate you tuning in. And yeah, hopefully you continue to keep tuning in, sharing, liking, subscribing, all that good jazz. You know, I've enjoyed it, Dylan. Really good fun. Me too. Hopefully, yeah, people tune in. We're going to keep doing this, whether you watch it or not, because this is what we want to do and it's what we're passionate about. And we just hope yep. we can we can spur some passion in you and you know, you can, you can, you know, if you get behind this or even if you don't get behind it, but, you know, it helps you maybe spark something in you that maybe you want to start something of your own or you want to maybe, you know, maybe, maybe start your own wrestling promotion or something. You know what I mean? But, you know, we want to create content for people to enjoy and to get brains thinking. So do, so do comment, do, you know, all that jazz. It'd be good to interact with people and sort of gauge how other people feel about the shows and how what's going on and, 
you know, fans, you know, fans of wrestling, they've always done it. They've always talked like they, they run the show and they don't. But there's no reason we can't imagine hypothetically how we would do these things. Because it's funny when you, like, how many times has it happened to us where we say something and then it happens on the show and we're like, hang on a minute. It's like we're being spied mm. on. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's really good. It is really good. You know, people like to fan- like play fantasy stuff all the time. Like, why can't we talk about wrestling and just rebook it in our image? You know, it's fun. You know, this is what we do behind closed door with our mates. This is what we do at the pub with our mates, talk about the shows. So why not? You know, enjoy yourself. Fantasy book. Who cares? Enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got time for today. So uh, thank you very much, everyone, once again. Like, subscribe, and yeah. Dylan, let's close the door and we'll see everyone next week on the Booking Room. Thanks, everyone.